0: Today I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter 12. And as we go into uh, the book of Luke chapter 12, I want to read to you the sixth and the seventh verses of that chapter. And then we're going to be turning over into 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter, three, if you would, we're going to turn over and uh and read just a little bit from the Apostle Paul and his instructions to the church at Corinth. But first let's go let's go to uh, Luke chapter 12 and read what Dr. Luke recorded that Jesus said. Luke said, Jesus said in Luke, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them Is forgotten before God. It's a question. Are are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Now some of you look at me and you say. That's. You know. That's uh, easy for God on your behalf. I have you know I have much hair. Okay. You know. I have much hair. You know. He's. Don't, you alright, Elaine? Don't get, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. I have much hair. What I tell, I have, I have kids all the time, children will say to me, they'll say, you don't have any hair. You're bald headed. I said, yes, I do have hair. They said, where is it? Well, see, children don't quite understand this yet, but when you get my age, your hair grows to the inside. And it comes out your ears and nose. Some of you fellas that are young right now, y'all will learn later on what I'm talking about. You know, you know, you know. Uh, so I go get a hair's cut. It's my, you know, it's time my ears and nose. He said, "But the very hairs of your head are numbered." He said, "Fear not, therefore, you are you are more value than many sparrows." I want you to underline because I'm going to come back to it there in a moment. I want you to underline many sparrows. Because that's going to mean something very important to you, hopefully by the time we get done. Now turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to go over to, to the Apostle Paul as he's writing to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth, it, it, it's a church very much so. It's a very important church actually. All churches are important to God. But, but the, the Corinthian church was struggling just a bit. And as we read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, and we begin reading those verses of Scripture, uh, I think I, I begin at 1. I didn't post all of my, my verse numbers. But he said, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or, or from you? You yourselves are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Take note of that. You are not a result, you're not written with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human hearts. Such confidence we have Through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. I want you to notice what Paul just said there. That's reading from the New International Translation. But he said, not that we are competent in in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. And I underline this for you. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the power of your Word. We thank you for the equipment of the Holy Spirit. And today, Lord, let the words, Your words, come forth, spoken unto this these people in this room, and those that will watch are watching, and will watch by by social media, by streaming. Those that will listen by by radio. God, I pray that, Lord Jesus, that Your Word will come forth. It will touch hearts, and we know Your Word is promised not return unto you void so today Lord let its purpose be served in Jesus name we pray amen We want to welcome our facebook audience and our extreme voice radio audience as well as those sitting in the sanctuary today. Thank you so much for being here I want to tell you I want to tell you a little story I want to tell you a little story and, 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 and about the leap of a sparrow. Sarah and I were blessed uh, to finally uh, 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 take a couple days away, uh, just in the last few days actually. And we took a few days away, uh, a little bit of time for sabbatical, a little bit of time to, to rest our, our, our minds and our spirits. And, and as we, we took a couple days away, uh, one morning I walked out on the, the balcony of the, of the facility that we were staying at. And as I walked out on the balcony, I, I sat down in the rocking chair and, and, you know, and it's early in the morning and, and everything is just starting to go and, and, and the, a, a little bit of a breeze was blowing and, and, and much like it's being right around here locally, there was some dark clouds coming by. Then there would, there would be, uh, uh some bright blue sky and some rays of sun would peek through. It was just a beautiful morning. A beautiful time, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm medita- meditating on the things of God, and, I, I, and I'm just looking around at all of the beauty of His creation. And I happened to look up above me onto this building, some five, six stories tall, and and, and then on top of that, you've got the you've got the the, the gable, and the peak of the roof. And I looked up on top of that uh, of that building, and sitting right on the edge of the guttering, there was a little sparrow. There's a little sparrow, and that sparrow was sitting there alone. It was way up in the sky, and I, I don't know how tall, you know, that five or six-story buildings are. You know, it's, it's probably at least 60, 75 feet, maybe a little bit more than that in the air. And there that little bird is sitting all along. That little bird is there sitting, but, but uh, as, as it sat there, it was singing a song. It was singing a song. Now, I don't know what the, I don't know what the lyrics were. I couldn't understand them. I don't know what the tune was. I'd never heard it before, but, but we all know what I mean, I think, when I say that bird was singing a song. It was up there and, and, and no pl- person, no place, no tomcats, no, no dogs, no, you know, hopefully no snakes or nothing could reach that bird. It was up there all along and it was with its feet gripping the side of the gutter. It was, somewhat out of the reach of harm if you would but as it sat along and it sang its song i i, I was just watching that bird i was i was just observing it i i, I don't know why you know i'm not Necessarily a bird watcher, I do think there's certain birds that I, that are very beautiful, like blue jays and red headed woodpeckers, I, 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 I and eagles, of course. I think they're they're beautiful creatures, they're beautiful birds, and but but I never really thought too much about a sparrow. And as a sparrow sat on the side of that building, up with its little little feet gripping that guttering, it sat out of harm's safety, and it, but it was sitting way out of reach, but it was up there high. I would have been scared. Scared to death have been sitting on the side of the guttering at 75 or 80 feet in the air you know, you know somebody asked me this the other day they said do you like roller coasters I said no you know, I said, "Oh, I like to ride one. I just rode one. They was telling me I had a hundred foot drop off or something like that." You know, uh, I, I'm not a great fan of heights. Uh You know, I, I do some stuff. I do climbing tower down at the camp, and, and you know, it's it's forty feet in the air. I, I'm okay with that. I've become uh, accustomed to that. But I can't couldn't imagine just sitting on the edge, on a little thin edge, some seventy five or eighty feet in the air, and and I'm there, and I'm so comfortable. I am so far out of reach. I'm just sitting there singing the song. I can't imagine myself being in the circumstance of that sparrow. But as he has that, and I'll use he that's without gender, ladies, so don't be offended. I guess there's boy and girl sparrows. But, as that sparrow sat there, he 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 had my attention, and I watched him and I, and I observed him and and I could hear birds over in in the tree line. I could hear other birds, and all of a sudden, I saw that 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 sparrow begin to turn its head, and all of a sudden, without any hesitation, I saw that sparrow turn loose of its perch, turn loose of the the side of the guttering that it was sat on, and that sparrow, that little sparrow. Just launched out into what is seemingly nothingless in the sense that there was nothing there for it to land on. There was no place for land. Now if I let go of if I let go of the, the roof line of a building seventy five or eighty foot in the air, I can promise you gravity would immediately take place and I would have ended up right on top of the HVAC units down below. Okay, I promise you that would happen that when I was a kid, I had a Superman cape homemade. I had me a Superman shirt. Don't any of you tell Nathan Morris. He's not here this morning, but I was probably Superman before he was. I had my Superman cape, I had my Superman shirt, and I can remember climbing up on, the climbing up in the chair, and when my mom wasn't looking, climbing right up in the middle of the dinner table with my Superman cape on and my Superman shirt on. And I can remember jumping off the kitchen table. Maybe 40 inches later, To land right in the middle of the floor. But I watched that bird, and I thought, that is amazing. That is amazing how that bird could, could jump off the side of that building. Just turn loose. Just turn loose and let go. And that, that bird releases itself from the side of that building. And, and it may have come down just a little bit. I don't even know that it really, it, that, that even occurred. But that bird let go. And as soon as that bird let go, it did not fall to the ground like I would. It did not, it, it, gravity did not do its work necessarily in that, in, in that bird's life. But understand with me this morning, here's why I, where I'm going with this message. That bird, that bird was confident in, in being who that bird is. That bird was confident in being what he was. That bird was so confident that he didn't think anything about sitting on a little, maybe a half inch wide ledge on the edge of that gutter. That bird didn't think about anything about sitting up there and singing his song. That bird was willing to turn loose and to do what he was designed to do. And that was to fly. Because that bird, somehow, I believe, knew that he was a bird. And you see, sometimes we struggle with things. What that bird didn't do, what, and unlike us, what that bird didn't do was allow the circumstances that he was in to define his purpose. You put me on the edge of the roof, and I'm going to be crying like a little girl. Okay? You put, somebody, that guy was asking me about riding roller coasters. He said, this one roller coaster, he said, it only lasts like a minute and 42 seconds. I said, that wouldn't seem so bad. I said, I can keep my eyes closed for that long. He And he says, well, this other one's four minutes and something long. I said, that would never work. I probably couldn't keep my eyes shut that long. Unless I passed out, which is a possibility. But you see, the, the, the bird was not uncomfortable in his circumstance. He did not allow his circumstance to define his purpose. What happens with you and I many times is we allow the circumstance that we are in to define our purpose rather than realizing who we are in God. And rather, rather than realize it and, and being reminded and knowing, being confident of who we are in God, then then the circumstance begins to dictate to us who we are. Now, I, 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 this is probably not possible. I realize that. But for the, for the sake of the metaphor in this sermon this morning, let me say it. What if this bird begins to set up there on that guttering and begins to think, you know, I really don't know if I can fly or not. I really, hmm, am I really a bird? Maybe I'm a groundhog. What's a groundhog doing seventy five feet up in the air? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be here at all. And fear and doubt and unbelief begin to take over the bird. But you see, the bird—there was no question. There was not. There was nothing. There was nothing to cause this bird to doubt who he was in in, in his existence. I don't believe that at all. And I don't know the mental capacity of a bird. But the other thing I thought about is this bird didn't need the crowd to know that he was a bird. He was sitting there alone. You know, sometimes, and listen, I'm, I'm all about fellowship. I think that, I think the church is an absolute necessity in our Christian life. I think a church, I think a fellowship of believers, people coming together, doing life together as we say. I think that is an absolute necessity. I don't think any of us are called to be lone ranger Christians, lone ranger believers. I think we are called into fellowship. The Bible actually makes that very clear. But at the same time, uh, you know, I think about little David and his slingshot, and I and I, I think about that. That he had to stand alone in that hour. Daniel was alone in 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 physical existence as he went into a lion's den. Jesus was alone as he went to the cross. But understand this: you and I may not always have a crowd standing around us. We may not always. listen. Let me, let me tell you something about me. Let me, let me, let me. Can I testify to you just a little bit right now? When when, in my early years, you know, I grew up, I grew up an Episcopalian as a young child. My mama. My mom and dad really didn't go to church. They'd just take met my sister and myself to the Episcopal Church. Daddy opened up a door. We would jump out and we'd go in for Episcopalian Sunday school and worship service. Okay. I had a little white choir robe. I can remember waving the palm on Palm Sunday. I remember, I remember doing all that stuff. I can remember being in junior choir, you know, and, 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 all of that good stuff. And then when I became a teenager, I started going to an Assemblies of God church and I come an Episcopal. Because similarly, God is Pentecostal, so I was an Episcopal. Say that five times real fast. So, 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 and and, and I, so I, I, and then then later in life, when I met when I met my late wife, and and you know she was in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, and that's how I ended up in the Pentecostal Holiness Church. But but here's what I'm saying to this: uh, I, 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 when I first got saved, when I when I when I came into a relationship with God, I really struggled, and I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot. Str- struggle is not an embarrassment for a young Christian, but, 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 but the th- thing that the church is supposed to be doing, we're to be making disciples and that helps those that are struggling. That's a different message, but it's a good point to insert that. I struggled a lot as a young Christian. I thought, I thought I, I, I lived for revivals. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember the revival age of the late 70s and the 80s? You know, you live for revival. You go to revival every night for six weeks. You go to revival every time you had a, every time you had a difficulty, every time you had a problem, you, you, you would carry that problem, you would carry that difficulty, you would carry, at least I did, I would carry, this is about the heaviest thing I see here, right here, this big old pocketbook right here, this woman got, and I, i I'd, I'd carry, I'd carry that burden. I'd carry that burden with me. Maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks. Just waiting on the next revival service to come up. The next tent meeting to pop up over across the hill. The next revival, the next evangelist coming through town. And I would tote that, I would tote that around the whole time because I thought that I had to have about 15 people gathered around me. One saying, turn loose! And the other one's saying, let go. And another one's spitting on you and say, hold on. And we went, and we went through all of that. And then listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Those are wonderful memories that I have and they're good memories. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm not saying that at all, but I had to mature to realize sometimes in my walk with Christ, I had to come to the realization that there is not always going to be a crowd gathered around me. I'm not always going to be in the middle of some not down, drag out, Holy Ghost filled fire breathing revival there's not always going to be when my brothers and my sisters, my church family are going to be gathered around me but there is one gathered around me and I stand in his presence every single day, his name is Jesus, his name is Lord and he will bless me and somehow, I believe that little bird that sat up there on the side of that building, he might look like he was all alone, but then I begin to think about that scripture that I I know the sparrow, I know them, and I know the worth of them, and I know the value of them. And, and listen, we find that that bird didn't allow his circumstance of being all along to take his song. You see, too many times we allow our song to be robbed of us. Too many times we, uh, we, we, we allow ourselves to be stripped of our songs. Too many times we allow circumstances to strip us of our our song of joy. But here's the other thing that that little sparrow wasn't hesitant about doing. He wasn't hesitant to let go. He wasn't hesitant to let go of his circumstance because he knew he was created to do what he did when he let go. Because when he let go, you see, that sparrow could set, he could have sat on the side of that building and he could have dried up and he could have died there. He would have just been a dead sparrow laying over in the guttering somewhere. But that sparrow understood and knew. And I think there was, it looked like there were some cherry trees uh, around, uh, over there just beyond where where we were sitting. And and you know what? If, If you don't realize this, birds love cherries this time of year. And blackberries and raspberries. Your car sometimes can identify with that. But that little bird knew and was confident in when it, what it was designed to do. And it let go of the circumstances of being all alone. It let go of the circumstance that even though it was it was singing everything, okay, that bird could have sat there and sang the rest of its life. But that little bird let go when the proper time come. To do what it was designed to do. I think you and I need to realize our worth in God. I think we need to realize, because when we read that scripture, what, what Luke shared with us as Luke gives us the, the, what, what Jesus gave as his, his account and his illustration. I want you to know this, that a farthing, a farthing was the smallest piece of currency. Uh, in other words, let me put it this way, a farthing was the nearest to nothing that you could come up with. A farthing was the nearest, a farthing was le- worth less than a half a cent per se in our time. A farthing was, was virtually worthless. And, and, then Jesus goes on and, 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 and as he, as he speaks about this, listen to what he says. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? So you have, uh, well it's a quarter of a cent, so two, two sp- Five sparrows are actually worth a half a cent. What, when you take that in biblical terminology, what Jesus was saying is basically sparrows are worthless, but He's saying they're worthless in the sight and ideology of man. You see, see, you, you may seem worthless in the, in the scope of humanity. I may seem worthless in the scope of humanity. You may seem worthless to your family. I may seem worthless to my family. I, I you know, the, we, we may have been told all of our life that we we're worthless, that we're no good, that we're never going to amount to anything. But I want you to listen going back to Luke chapter 12. He says, five sparrows sold for two farthings. He said, but yet not one of them is forgotten before God. And then he goes on to talk about the numbers of our head. The hairs of the, our head are numbered. And he says, fear not, because you are worth more than many sparrows. You see, sparrow has no value to humanity. Five of them is basically still worthless. But many sparrows, and understanding this, in 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 biblical, in in, in scriptural uh, literary Rules, if you would, or, or policies. When, when, when Jesus said that many sparrows, He says many sparrows, many sparrows. You are more valued than many sparrows. One sparrow, two sparrows, five sparrows may be virtually worthless, but yet Jesus loves the smallest one. He loves the smallest of sparrows. He loves the most insignificant of sparrow. But then. He begins to equate us to many sparrows. And when you understand this rule, what it's saying there, many means an innumerable, innumerable number. Has the sands are on the sea. Has the stars are in heaven. Many sparrows fit into that same philosophy or that, that same terminology, if you would. That many sparrows, it's an innumerable number. It's a number that we can't imagine, that we can't write, that we can start counting now and, and deciphering now. And, and, and we can never achieve that. Understand this. You are more valuable than all the sparrows that could be, that could be, have been, or will, Ever be created? Yet Jesus loves them with an unmeasurable love. So. Have... How much more does He love you? How much more does He love me? Jesus loves us with a capacity that is unimaginable. It's unfathomable. It's a love that He has for us that, that we should be confident in. It's a love that He has for us. And understand, there is really no descriptive terms that the greatest scholar, that the greatest The person with the most tremendous vocabulary in all of creation cannot come up with a word that describes the love that Jesus has for us and what He has planned for us and what He will do for us and with us. We're the ones that struggle with that. We're the ones that struggle to remember how much Jesus loves us. Yet we sing that song Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. We are weak and He is strong. And we we were taught... Maybe one of the first songs that you were ever taught as a child. We've all heard it. We've all been there. We've all... We've all done that, but do we really have the? Are we really like that sparrow? Can we take? Can we take that leap of faith? Do we realize what our worth is in God? Well, our worth in God is is unspeakable. It's unimaginable. Our worth, your worth in God. But what hinders us is we fail to realize that. We fail to realize what He has called us and designed us to do. We fail to realize that that. That that us let me tell you something. I, I believe with all of my heart that little old sparrow sitting up on top of that building the other day, he, there was no way he could fall. All he had to do was to spread his wing little wings out, and he was gonna do what God calls him, called him, and designed him to do. And if you and I will spread our wings, if you and I will launch into what God has designed us to do and to be, and he does have a plan for you, by the way, you are not just a fixture on the shelf. You are, we used to call them whatnots. You are not a whatnot. You are not a dust collector or any of those things. You have a design. You have a plan and you have a purpose in the realm of God. He has something for you. Don't ever sell yourself short because to sell yourself short is selling God short because we must realize as I get to the apostle Paul now, What he wrote to the church there at Corinth. Paul was identifying his substance and where his substance existed in. And Paul basically was saying in a brief summary, Paul said, we don't have, we don't lay any claims to our ability. We don't lay any claims to what we've done. I don't think that sparrow got over and landed in the next tree or wherever it landed. I didn't see it. It just went off into the trees. and where. I don't think that sparrow got over there and, and began to talk bird talk to all of his buddies and say, Do you see what I just did? I just jumped off that roof 75, 80 feet in the air. Shh, and I just jumped off. Do you see what I did? I was up there just sitting on the edge of the gutter, just like it wasn't nothing. I'm bad. I'm real bad. I'm bad to the bone. I sat up there, I sang while I was sitting on the edge of that building. No, no, that sparrow didn't do that because that sparrow was just doing what it was designed to do, what it's called to do, what God intended for it to do, and that was to fly. And and the Apostle Paul, he laid no claim on his ability. And, And understand this, the reason Paul laid no claim on his ability is because Paul realized that his equipping came by the Holy Spirit. His equipping came by the Holy Spirit. He says, but the Spirit the Spirit. For the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. You realize anything that you and I anything that you and I can achieve will achieve, will ever do. Anything that we're designed to do. We're designed by the Holy Spirit. We're designed and full. If you're a Christian here this morning and you're full of the Holy Ghost, you are empowered. If you're here and you are not a Christian, if you are watching and you're unsaved, you still God has a design and a plan for you. He just needs you to surrender to Him in order that He may fulfill His cause and His will in your life and His will in your life is to be able to go 80 foot in the air sit on the gutter, sing a song but when it comes time go ahead and fly baby, fly because that is what God has made you to do so we realize our worth we recognize that God is our equipper And we take the leap of the sparrow. And when we take the leap of the sparrow, the leap of the sparrow will enable us to soar to the highest of heights. The wind is symbolic of the Spirit of God. Many, many places throughout Scripture. When we begin to take that leap, then we, we begin to ride the wind. See, when that little sparrow jumped off the side of that building, there was nothing to hold it up. The guttering was gone. There was no tree limb. Until he arrived at his destination, of course, but there was nothing there but the wind to hold up that little sparrow. Understand, when we can, when we can venture out and say, Lord, I'm just dependent on your Holy Spirit. To hold me up. I'm just gonna spread my wings. And I'm gonna de- depend on, on the Holy Spirit to take me. And, that, and I know that bird can probably determine its directions in a great degree, but have you ever watched, have you ever watched a flock of birds when they get, they get caught in a wind current? How they'll, sometimes it'll look like they're flying backwards or they'll be going sideways. Sometimes the wind just takes them where they want it to go. They don't get mad, they don't fuss about it. And, but you know, that's you and me. Sometimes we need to just take where the wind wants us to go. Sometimes we just need to let the let the, let the breath of God, the air of God, to lift us up and to begin to carry us to the destination that He wants for us. So we spread our wings. We spread our wings. And we begin to fly. Not because, and this is part of the lyrics of an old song that says, Not because of who you are, but because of who He is. You see, the scripture tells me I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can do very few things on my own. But those things that God has called me to and designed me for. I can do them through his enablement. But I have to trust him. And I have to understand them. It's all about him and not about me. So, right where you're at, I want you to bow your heads with me and don't forget we've got some things to do here at the end of service. So, if you can stay, please remain with us. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to, I want to ask you this question in this room and those of you that perhaps are watching by Facebook Live. You very much are a part of this congregation this morning. But I want to ask you. If you're not surrendered to Jesus Christ. If you've not released your life to Him. We call it being saved. If you've never been saved. If you've never been born again. You're never going to reach the potential that God has for you. I can promise you that. So this morning, if you're in this room and and you need to reach your potential in God, you need to give your everything to Him. You've not, you're not saved. Maybe you've grown cold and indifferent. Maybe you, you've backslidden far away from God. And you need to be renewed and restored this morning without any embarrassment. Any embarrassment at all, would you slip up your hand real quick and say, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody at all? Okay, I assume everybody's well and good in your relationship with God this morning, and I trust that that means that you have surrendered to Him your everything. Today, you may feel very insecure in your, in who you are in Christ Jesus. Maybe he's calling you, maybe he's speaking to you and maybe, maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be a call to preach. It could be, it could be all kinds of different callings or different appointments that he has for you, but you've been, you've been really struggling. You've been really wrestling with stepping out into what he's asking you to do or asking you to be or he's calling you into. You're still hanging on to the edge of the gutter and with your little feet gripping tight, but God is calling you this morning to let go And to just be and do what He's called you to do. Just fly. Just fly. Just fly, little sparrow. And go into what God is calling you to be and to do. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you and with you. If you'll just look this way. I'm going to ask us to stand to your feet. You've been sitting a few minutes as we pray. And I just want you right now to join me in prayer. And I want you to ask the Lord, not for anyone else. I don't be praying for everybody, but I want you to ask... For you, I want you. Uh This is a, a, one of those times. I'll, I'll say go ahead and be a little selfish right here. A, a righteous selfishness. I want you to be a little selfish. And I want you to pray. God help me. Help me to let go. And to be. You know. We used to say that. Let go and let God. God help me to let go. And be confident in my relationship with you. And you will not drop me. You will not let me fall. You will not let me stumble. You will not let me. Because. I'm your vessel. I'm your little sparrow. So right now today, I just want you to pray with me. Father, as we come to you, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. I pray that today, Lord, as we believe, Lord God, that you have a plan and you have a destiny for every single person that's in this room that is watching or listening this morning. God, we trust you and believe, Lord, God, that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. We believe that because your word has given us that. Lord, we have faith in you. We trust in you, God. And today, I just believe that you are ministering, Lord, in lives in this room today. Lord, we're calling people to a level of confidence, Lord Jesus. They have been, they have felt substandard. They have been feeling inferior. They have been feeling like they can't because of and fill in the blank, fill in the blank. They felt like I I can't do this. I can't do that because of. But Lord, we're just believing that today, Lord, that there's people in this room that are going to be like that little sparrow. They are going to turn loose of their security. And Lord, they are going to fly into... They're going to soar into everything that You have for them. Because, God, You have only good things for us. You have good things. You have good. You have perfect gifts. Lord, we're not going to ask You for bread and receive a stone. God, You are blessing us with good things. So today, Lord, I pray for this body. I pray for this family that's in this room. I pray for those that are watching by social media. That, Lord, today, today... Men and women will release themselves and fly into, Lord, the atmosphere that you've created for them to be in, God. Lord we, we we are Pentecostals and so often we are guilty of quoting that scripture to quench not the Holy Spirit of God but sometimes Lord we do Lord and today we repent we repent because sometimes we quench the Spirit because we think Lord God that the Spirit has to be dependent on our abilities but today I repent because I realize my abilities have nothing to do with it because you are our enabler you are our And all things can, will, and do happen for through the working of the Holy Spirit And God, You will finish the good work in us And through us that You've started So today, God, we praise You We bless You We love You, Lord Because, Lord, You, Lord Are making a way in our lives In Jesus' name In Jesus' name we pray Amen Amen A young, a young minister called me the other day and he said, I want to know what you're preaching on Sunday morning. He said, I'm preaching Father's Day and uh, I t- took it that he's never preached Father's Day before. And, and you know, I, and I hope you're not bothered that it wasn't necessarily a Father's Father's Day message, but you know what? Uh, I said, well, let me tell you, I don't preach about this little bird that I've been watching. Because God is wanting us to move out. God is wanting us to flow in everything that He has for Him. And you are the biggest decision maker in all of that.